when it comes to like self-pleasure and stuff like that, right? You, if you know how to provide your own pleasure and your own orgasm, that means that you don't need partners for that. So that means that you're looking for your partner to bring different things to the relationship because sex is easy. What else you got? How you act when you mad? What are your dreams and goals and ambitions? How do you communicate, right? You're looking at other parts of partnership other than just the sex because you can provide the orgasm yourself. What else is this person bringing into your life? And you hold them to a different standard. Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. Joining me today is Goody Howard from Ask Goody. She is a world-renowned sexologist, educator, and consultant. All right, Goody, I am so excited to chat with you about writing dick. This is probably one of my most favorite sex positions. And I have so many girlfriends who despise writing dick for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. So I just want to start with like, what what is it and what does it mean to ride dick? So it means lots of different things. Sometimes people just kind of get on top and do this little, you know, little scoop like you scoop a chair up. Media tells us that riding dick is just like bang, 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 like, you know, just bouncing on the dick all the time. And it really, honestly, it's yes and. It's those things and a multitude of other things. And so what I tell people to remember is that you are caressing your partner's dick or dildo with your body, right? And so with with my workshop, Rideology specifically, I teach people how to ride dick with their vagina, their anus, or to caress two vulvas together because I want to put the power in the partner on top. I don't care what you're doing on top. I want you to get up there with confidence, control, and stamina. That is the goal. Mm, yes. I love that you like brought up confidence, control, and stamina. We're going to touch on all of those today. Mm-hmm. But that's why people hate it. That's why people hate it. They don't have confidence. They don't know what they're doing when they're up there, right? They don't know what they look like. You know, what do you do with your hands? With all that kind of stuff. They don't have control. You can't control how much dick you're getting or not getting. If it keep falling out, if it's longer than you're used to or thicker than you're used to, you don't have any control. And then stamina, hell. You get up there, you got about two, three good circles and you know, your back start hurting, your check engine light comes on, your knees start popping. 60 seconds in sex time is like five minutes. So you think you was up there for a long time and you literally put in a hot 20 seconds because you can't get up there and stay up there. So stamina is a big reason why people don't like riding dick. Mm, Let's go right into the stamina. Like, How do you increase your stamina and endurance to be able to ride longer? A lot of people think it's like, oh, you have to you know, do cardio and build your endurance. And, nah, fuck all that. Listen, the key to stamina for being on top is to be in a position where your body is comfortable. A lot of times people get on top and they're holding all their body weight in their knees or they're, lean, they're holding all their body weight in like their carriage. They're not actually up there comfortably. And so it's harder to stay up when you're uncomfortable. So the key to being up there longer is to find where your body's comfortably situated and ride that thing out, right? And so I love, I'm always talking about science and ho shit. I use science to explain pleasure. I own scienceandhoshit.com. It's actually a book that I'm working on at the moment. There's nothing on the website currently. Don't go look. But but I use science to explain pleasure because people, like they, they know it feels good, but they don't really know why. And there is a confidence that comes when you have that technical instruction and you understand why, right? That looks real different. 
And so with simple machines, inclines, flat planes, weight distribution, all of that comes into play with the comfort, which increases and improves the stamina. Mm, That totally makes sense because my girlfriends that dislike riding dick is primarily because of their knees Mm -hmm. and, you know, holding their weight in their knees. We're like, for me, that's typically not how I ride dick. So my my position has been called Saddle Up 3000. That's what I've named it. Okay. And I prefer to be like on my knees, not holding my weight through my knees, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. And I can totally see how that would make such a difference in your stamina. Because if you're not comfortable, like it's going to be hard to enjoy it. It's going to be hard to feel good. And if you find a position that works for you, you're more likely to Mm -hmm. actually enjoy it. What are some positions that are best for maximum pleasure? Or how do you find that position that works for you? Well, you're going to find the position because it feels good in your body. But you don't find the position by not doing it, right? You got you to gotta do it to kind of get in those positions. There are different, the position that's going to be the best for you depends on you and your partner. So when I created Rideology, I took into consideration range of motion, impact on the knees and back, the size of the people having the sex, which hole, they're, which hole or holes they're using for the sex, the size of the penis and or dildo in question, right? And so maximizing pleasure position for a person that's riding a dildo, depending on what kind of dildo it is. Because if it's like an internal dildo, that's like an L shape. So the short part of the L is inserted into the person and the long part is what they're fucking with versus someone that's just like wearing a strap on that's not inside their body. Those positions are going to look different. Someone that is riding dick with their ass versus riding dick with their vagina, that's going to look different. It's going to look different if the person that's riding dick with their ass has a vulva or a penis. Right. Because men come to my classes. I tell people, men ask me all the time, can they come to my classes? And I'm like, listen, if you're trying to ride some dick, this is the place for you. I don't teach gender or orientation in this workshop. I'm teaching a sexual act. And so the sexual act in and of itself does not have a gender or an orientation. Mm, Yes. So it just looks different. It depends on the bodies that are doing the fucking of what the maximum position is going to be, basically. That makes sense. Tell me more about rideology and this class that you have for people to learn how to ride dick better? Well, so I love it. I, I, you know, I love to name things. So I thought Rideology was like perfect because it's exactly what it sounds like. I teach it online and I teach it in person. I'm actually on a national tour right now. So I'm taking Rideology on the road to the U.S.'s biggest cities. If you're living in a city that's not one of the biggest cities and you want me to come to your city, you got to find 15 other people that's willing to pay and I'll come to you. Otherwise, you can get the replay on the website or you can do it. You know, when I do it online, I do it online twice a year, live online twice a year. Other than that, people can just buy the replays on the website. But with Rideology, I'm teaching about 13 different positions and it's really five base positions with variations on them. And so the first position I teach is for the person on the bottom. Ooh, explain more. Yeah. So I'll give you this one. I'll tell you this one. So I call it the chair. And basically the key to, again, stamina is comfort. And when you, the person on the bottom, if you're laying on your back, put your feet flat on the floor or bed with your knees up. So now your knees being up, the tops of your thighs are creating like a little backrest for the person on top. And even if you don't have to have your knees up at like a 90 degree angle, they just need to be up a little bit because that little slight lift in the upper thigh shifts the hips forward of the person on top which redistributes their weight. I've had someone that was almost 500 pounds 
on top of me. And I was, and she was scared she was going to hurt me. And I was bouncing her like, girl, this is not a thing. Because the way you, that slight shift of the hips forward completely redistributes your weight. So it's not on your knees. It's actually on your partner, but they don't feel it because their knees are up. So it redistributes the way the weight hits them too. Mm, I love that. And I think that we, at least for me, when I think of writing dick, I think about my position. I never even thought about the way my partner's position impacts the way that I ride dick. Yeah. And they think like, they don't know how it is either. And when I teach it live, now online, you know, I, not so much because I can't control what other people are doing. But when I teach it live, I tell people, listen, when you buy your ticket, you might want to tell your friends to buy tickets too, because you're going to be partnered up and going through these positions together. You're going to be hunching on your friends. If you don't bring a friend with you, you're going to be hunching on a stranger. I do make myself available as the professional in the room. So if people are like super uncomfortable with like partnering with a stranger, I am very much consent culture in all ways. So I'm, I let them know, listen, I can be your partner. You know, you just have to wait till I'm done instructing on the position and then we'll try it. If they're uncomfortable with even trying it, I ask that they try the, at least the first one because at least you, I try to teach the way everyone learns. So audio, visual, and tactile. So we're going to talk about it. You're going to hear about it. You're going to see it. And then you're going to do it. And so once they get in that first position, so that the chair is the one for the person being ridden. And then the, the throne is the first position that I teach for the person on top. So once they do the throne, they're like, wait a minute, this feels completely different than how I was riding dick before I got here. And they kind of want to finish and do all the positions if they're being like, you know, shy. But what also happens is you partner up, you do the position on top and then you switch and your partner does the person, you know, they try on top. So you know what it's like to be on the bottom as well. And what that does is it turns off that little voice in your brain that makes you think you're hurting them because now you know what it feels like to be on the bottom. And so, you know, they're not hurting you because the person sitting on top of you, you can't even feel their body weight on you. Mm, I love that. And so I think what it does is kind of puts that missing piece in around what writing dick can be. But when you, you know, when you see how the other half lives, it makes you a, a better dick writer because then you know that they're not, you know, they're not dying. You know, you're not crushing them and it adds to your confidence. Yes. Yes. So something you brought up kind of at the beginning as well is penis size mm-hmm. and like the penis not staying in. How do you address that when you're writing dick? So I do it a couple ways. So in, when we do in the stretches and stuff at the beginning of the workshop, we also go through a few letters of the alphabet. I know people are like, oh, just spell coconut with your hips and blah, blah, blah. So we go over a few letters of the alphabet and one of them is a J, right? And I'm like, okay, so if you have a larger partner, a larger penis, bigger dick, bigger J, smaller dick, smaller J. So it helps you keep that range of motion in a way that's going to connect to the dick you're riding. And this is, a lot of these positions are great for, some are better for bigger penises, some are better for smaller penises, but they're all good for all penises. And what I love is because I do teach sex, gender, and orientation, I'm very uh, gender affirming. I don't teach in a gendered way. My trans boy and my folks that have micro penis and people that just have smaller penises, every one of them that have had their partners take the class, it's changed the game for them. So people think, oh, it's just falling out. It's falling out because you're not in the right position for the dick you're riding. That's the challenge. And so figuring out what position is going to work best for the penis that you that you have mm. is going to be what, you know, kind of fuels that. Also, some of these positions are better for people with bigger bellies or pregnant people, right? So this one's a great one for pregnant folks. This one's a great, if you have a bigger belly, if your partner has a bigger belly, this is going to be a good one for you. This is going to be a game changer. 
I'm like five five two seventy five. So like I know what it's like to like have a bigger body trying to still access pleasure. My partner, we're the same height. <laughs> and he has a bigger belly too. So like understanding that I am the person that I created this workshop for. And I like I said, I'm teaching a sexual act. So I've had people say, Oh, is there a queer version of this? And I'm like, what part of riding dick with your vagina, your anus, or your dildo is not queer? Mm. There's like you see what I'm saying? Like I'm it's all in the same workshop because there's no such thing as queer sex. What makes queer sex queer is the people that are having it, not the acts they're performing on each other. Mm. Yes. So like it's it's inclusive in that way because we're not doing that. And then when people when they ask me and I say that, they go, Oh shit, you're right. Because they're so used to having to ask for a queer version or a whatever version. And I'm like, I gave it to you. It's all there. It's for the straights and the queers because I am a queer woman. I'm married to a man, you know, have a nuclear family, children and all of that. But people make assumptions about who I'm attracted to, what the kinds of sex I have. And so that adds layers of the why I teach the way I teach, because I want you to be able to hear your pleasure in my instruction. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's just an act. Like there are so many ways to receive pleasure and it doesn't have to be in this heteronormative way. Like yes, there's so much pleasure that can be accessed for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, oh, well, what about, you know, gay sex? There's no such thing as gay sex. Everybody has a butthole. So, and I know lots of cisgender women that have anal sex. I know lots of cisgender women that prefer it. Yes. Same. So like, the labels that we try to put on our sexual acts don't fly in my classroom, not only because I teach comprehensive sexuality education, and this is a learning moment for you, but I'm just, I'm just not with it. Like this is, this is how we kind of, in my professional development work, I say I expand people's understanding of sexuality. And so this is how we do that. Yeah. And it's such an important thing to be talking about. I mean, we're both in the sex space. We talk about this stuff all the time on social media and podcasts, all of that. But we have this narrow mindset as to what sex is. And Mm -hmm. when we diversify that mindset, we have access to more pleasure. We have access to more inclusivity. We have just better sex all around when you stop thinking about it as penis and vagina and you just think about the intimacy and the connection. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it's actually about. And when you think about the intimacy, the connection, the physicality, like how pleasure can show up for folks, right? When we look at all the different ways that pleasure can show up for people, it's not just this, you know, orgasm for one, but then like the varieties of ways that you can experience pleasure. And people conflate pleasure and sex every day. The definition of pleasure is experiencing great joy or excitement. Sex is not even in the definition, but we conflate that shit in such a smooth way that when people hear pleasure, they hear sex. And then you think that pleasure is not accessible for you because if you don't feel like you can access sex for whatever reason, pleasure sounds like something that when you're in thrive mode, pleasure is accessible. So if you're in survive mode, then maybe pleasure isn't. Or if you don't have a partner, then you you, you conflate pleasure and sex and you don't have a partner, then pleasure seems inaccessible for you. But it's not because you're not thinking about the actual meaning of the word. And so when I tell people all the time that sexuality education is not just, you know, orgasms and dildos and rainbows, it is absolutely applied linguistics. Like, what does the word mean? Right. And then uh, critical race theory, critical thinking, uh, interpersonal skills, boundaries, all of that stuff. But when you have an understanding of all of those things 
And then you come down to what the pleasure of it looks like and what the sexual pleasure of it looks like. And you're taking a class like Rideology. It's going to change the game for you because you not only have the science, you have the whole shit. Are you craving more in the bedroom? Are you desiring deep connection to yourself and your partner? Are you wanting something just a little bit more fun? If so, the ultimate guide for foreplay is for you. This is an absolutely free guide with 10 of my favorite tips and tricks to spice it up in the bedroom to help just try something new, try something different, try something fun, try something playful, and bring more spice and sexiness into the bedroom. Go to foreplay.jordandenell.com to get your ultimate guide to foreplay. Mm. And that's that's a game changer when you combine it all together. It is. It really, really is. And I think that people don't understand. It's like it's like when you're dancing, right? You know those line dances people do. When you first learn the line dance, you learn the line dance the way they taught it to you. You're in line with everybody else, right? When you finally get it down and you're confident, then you start adding spins and pops and you know what I'm saying? You facing a different direction than everybody else and you're clapping when nobody like you on it. My classes are the spins and the pops. I assume you know your way around your pleasure before you get to me. I assume you know how to have the kind of sex that you want to have before you get to me. And so that what I'm doing in the workshops is helping you identify how, not the what, the how, and just adding again, the spins and the pops, right? To what your pleasure can look like. And that's where that confidence, control, and stamina comes in. People think that I'm just selling pleasure and then I'm just, oh, she's the dildo lady or, oh, she's the pleasure lady. I'm really selling confidence. Mm. It's really confidence because when your sexual confidence changes, you walk different, you talk different, you sit different, you smile different. You make different choices when it comes to the people you want to spend your time and energy on. Damn. So true. Your sexual confidence impacts every area of your life. Everything. Everything. And when it comes to like self-pleasure and stuff like that, right? You, If you know how to provide your own pleasure and your own orgasm, that means that you don't need partners for that. So that means that you're looking for your partner to bring different things to the relationship. Because sex is easy. What else you got? How you act when you mad? What are your dreams and goals and ambitions? How do you communicate, right? You're looking at other parts of partnership other than just the sex because you can provide the orgasm yourself. What else is this person bringing into your life? Damn. And you hold them to a different standard. How many times have we been in ridiculously fucked up relationships because the sex was good? Done it. Mm, same, done it, <laughs> right? And so when you when you connect to what pleasure looks like for you and your sexual scripts and you and you know that you can do that by yourself, what you require of the person sitting next to you is different. So you may not pick the person that might have made the cut last year. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You might pick somebody else because you're looking at a different kind of resume. You got a different kind of position to fill. No pun intended. Like it's it's integral and imperative that you be able to connect to your own pleasure for yourself by yourself because then what you require of the people that you're going to be having sex with, what you require of your friends, your family, like I said, it permeates every other kind, every other part of your existence. Your sexual confidence permeates every other kind of your, every other part of your existence. So what you require from the people around you looks different. And that in and of itself is going to be a game changer and shift the trajectory of how you move through the world. Mm, I think that we're going to have to get a video of that quote because that is just 
100% accurate. And, you know, it's interesting that I'm kind of in the world of dating. And one of the common questions that I get is, well, what if the sex isn't good? And the reality is like, okay, there's more to a relationship than sex. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if it's, if it's, sex is teachable. Yeah, sex is teachable if they're receptive. And I teach, like I said, I don't teach, I teach sexual act. So I have rideology, which is for, you know, the partner on top. I have strokeology for people with penises and people that wear dildos. I have lick, which is oral sex on a penis. And I have lip service, which is oral sex on a vulva. I also have a workshop called Sensual Intelligence that is for people, it's for everyone, but it separates pleasure from sex and helps you identify non-sexual pleasure so that you can not only connect to pleasure with confidence, but also just kind of make a pleasure accessible to you. And so when you have non-sexual pleasure that you're engaging in, when you when it's time to have sex, you're a sensual being having a sexual experience, you're going to have sex through all six of the senses as well. And so it adds layers to your pleasure, but it also makes you more receptive to the more than 18 different kinds of orgasms that the human body has to offer, which I also teach a workshop called The Big O, which goes over that too. Like I really try to catch them coming and going. I don't want to introduce people to concepts and then leave them hanging and they don't have an opportunity. If I say, oh, sensual intelligence is about separating sensuality from sexuality and sensuality is experiencing non-sexual pleasure through all six of the senses, sight, sound, taste, touch, scent, and feel, right? That emotional component. And then you're a sensual being having a sexual experience. Then you experience sex through all six of the senses. And it just adds layers to the pleasure that you're going to be able to receive from that and keep you grounded in the moment, but also make you receptive to the more than 18 different kinds of orgasms that the human body has to offer, but then leave you hanging on that cliff of not talking about the 18 orgasms, not telling you how to access them with how to access them with and without a partner. I'm not going to do that. So if I mention these 18 different kinds of orgasms, there's also a workshop called the big O that puts you, you know, that puts that information in the palm of your hand so that you can have the understanding again, the spins and the pops, right? Most of us are experiencing the same three or four orgasms all the time. And who knew there were so many more ways to access pleasure? And so it starts with, usually people take one workshop and they're like, oh shit, there's another one. There's another one for this. There's something for that. When I started teaching rideology, people were like, well, is there one for the fellas? First of all, this class is not just for women that you're in. This class is for people that want to ride dick. Secondly, there isn't one now, but there will be. And I created strokeology as a result because people kept saying, well, do you have one for the men? And it's still, it's not for the men. It's for people with penises and people that wear strap-ons. If you identify as a man and that fits you, go for that, right? And so being a sexuality professional that kind of understands what that looks like and how people think and how they can move through improving their sexual pleasure and health. Like I'm empowered and I'm empowering. Mm, I love that. I would love to kind of come back to writing dick a little bit more. Oh, cool. And- of course, of course, of course. I mean, I'm off on a tangent because sex is my favorite thing. <laughs> well, yeah. And like, this is so, such good information to be sharing and learning about too. But as far as like tools and accessories when it comes to writing dick, what do you recommend? And like, what is out there? So there are lots of things out there. I don't recommend everything that's out there because I, again, keeping in mind accessibility for people, what you can afford, what you can't afford, what's going to be a problem. So the first thing I tell people um, when it comes as far as accessories and tools to help making riding dick more fun or more enjoyable, the first is going to be the pillows, right? For the person on the bottom, 
you can put a pillow under their hips to lift the hips up, which basically presents the dick or dildo more effectively. So that's free because most people have pillows, right? If you don't have pillows, ball up a blanket or a jacket or something and put it under the hips of the person that you're riding on. Also, something like this. Ooh. This is a this is a wand. Now, this one says, you know, I love shit with my name on it. So my friend made this for me. Shout out to Creative Designs. But so with a wand, when you get on top, you can kind of hold the end of it. So then no matter if you have a bigger body or whatever, you ain't got to try to reach all the way down to your genitals. You just you can hold the end of the wand and put it on the clit. You can put it on the penis. You can reach around and put it on the balls of the dick that you're riding, right? And so this is a very versatile accessory because I love the fact that sex toys do not have an, a gender or an orientation, right? So a wand is a great one to add. But then also this, this is called a frisky finger and it's a finger vibe. So it's a, it's a remote control, wi- I'm not sorry, not remote control, wireless, waterproof, rechargeable bullet with a textured silicone sleeve, okay? And um, it just you, it has a finger strap. So you don't have to worry about juggling genitals and sex toy, right? So you can use it on a vulva. You can, like, if you're riding, you can use it on your clit. If you're riding with your anus and you have a penis, you can use it on your penis while you're riding dick with your ass. It's great for um, an addition to oral sex, like on a penis, like a blowjob situation. It's great for putting it on your thumb. Like if you're the person doing the stroking, putting it on your thumb and maybe caressing the clit or the testicles of whoever you're fucking. So like these, these kinds of sex toys, this one is like small and purple. So it's not going to be a big impediment. Typically, people with penises don't like sex toys in the room that are bigger than they are. Typically. I know that there are some exceptions to the rule. Also, I'm talking about hetero folk. Hetero men with penises really ain't for a a big dick-shaped vibrator or a dildo that's bigger than they are, typically. But something like this is not going to be a challenge. It's it's pinky size. And so it's probably not going to be bigger than him. And if it is, then you already love them and, you know, y'all already go together, so it doesn't matter. But it's very like low hanging fruit in regards to bringing sex toys into the room. Um, the wand is great. And I think partners will enjoy it, especially if you're on top and you use it to reach around on the lowest setting with a little lubricant and just like caress, graze the balls of the person you're riding. Like the, just that little light rumble because wands don't vibrate the same way that other sex toys do. They have like a rumble to them. And so it's a great, it's just like a great added layer of like, just another sensation to add to the in, you know, the in and out of it all. But those are my three favorite things to add to writing dick that make it more fun, make it more stable and make it more pleasurable for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I feel like a wand or toys, especially just make it more juicy. They make it more spicy. They make it more fun. They do. And if you're using anything, you should be using lubricant regardless. I don't care if you are Miss Aquafina 2023. You should be using lubricant regardless, like a little dime size amount, because that thing hit different with the ceiling fan on, right? But if you're using yes, sex it toys, <laughs> it's, it's a different game when the, sand, when the ceiling fan is on. But if you're using sex toys that vibrate specifically, you need to use lubricant anyway, because it helps uh, reduce desensitization. And it also creates a smoother ride between you and whoever or whatever you're using the toy on. And lubricant, I mean, we could go on a whole tangent about lubricant, but it makes it more comfortable and it reduces your risk of micro tears. And for people who are being penetrated, those micro tears can increase your risk of infection, whether that's STIs, bacterial vaginosis, yeah, irritation, things like that. Yeah, yeah. just irritation. Because if you go straight from sucking to fucking, like if you have a, a micro abrasion in, um, on your vulva, on or around your vulva, and you receive oral sex, 
the 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 pH balance of the mouth and the pH balance of the vulva are very different. And so you're gonna you could be more susceptible to just irritation. A lot of people say, well, when they hear infection, they automatically don't think you're talking to them because they're like, oh, well, we I know we don't have anything or we know our sexual health, we've been tested, blah, blah, blah. That's great. But your pH balances are different because you're two different human beings. So even if you are aware of, you know, the lack of infection in your relationship, irritation is always, almost always present. Sexually transmitted allergens are a thing. Like if you're allergic to shellfish or peanut butter or whatever, and your partner is consuming that. If you're vegan and your partner is not, if you smoke hookah and cigarettes and cigars and your partner does not, all of those things contribute to irritation in the genitals. So just being mindful of like reducing friction and having a smoother ride and all of that stuff is super important. Right. And especially as a vulva owner or a vagina owner, you have different bacterias that grow Mm -hmm. in your body and at different percentages. And so anytime you mix with somebody else's bacteria, whether that's coming from semen or other types of fluid. Just the skin, just the genital skin. It makes a difference. What are the benefits of writing over other positions? Oh, okay. So I think the main benefit of writing for me is control, right? You get to control Same. how much dick you're getting, uh, how much dick you're not getting. If you're just teasing them, you can control the depth. You can control the rhythm, the stroke, the angle, the pressure, right? All of the different things you have control over. Also, for people with for people with vulvas and vaginas, <laughs> that's getting on top is the ultimate clit stimulation. And most uh, people typically reach orgasm from clitoral stimulation. Even if it's a G-spot orgasm, the G-spot is the internal access point to the clitoris. So it's still a clitoral orgasm, even if it's in uh, you know a G-spot situation. So I think it's, it's great because it get, you get the most clitoral stimulation. You have control over all of the variables that come with sex and pleasure. And I think also it adds to your own confidence. Like when you know you can do it, and you could do it for a long time because getting up there is not the key. You got to get up there and know what you're doing. It's I just I, I feel like it's an ego stroke. If I'm being honest, <laughs> it's totally an ego stroke. I mean, there is nothing for me personally. Like I love when I have a partner who tells me like I haven't been able to get off with a woman on top in years. Like it is totally an ego stroke, and I come in here and I just blow their mind. Like I fucking love that. Yes, yes, very much that. what do men in particular love about a woman writing i think the biggest thing that men love about writing is that or being written is that they're visual right so they get to see you up there like basically you know sitting on your throne like you know being being the the regal human that you are like it's a very visually stimulating thing especially if you know like what to do with your hands. Like we, we covered that in the workshop. Like if you know, you're caressing your breasts or playing with your hair or like whatever is happening, it's a very visually stimulating thing. But also they get to sit back and be served. They don't have to really do anything. If they want to lift their hips and like move into your thrust, that's great. But they are typically, you know, they got to do all the work when it comes to that. Like they got to do all the work when it comes to sex. They got to have their stroke down and you know, most of these positions like from the back or missionary or all these other things, they're the, the workhorse in those positions. And so they get to chill for a minute and just, and just pleasure. Yes. So I think that's what mm. it is, the visual and just not having to work for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it 
gets exhausting, I think, always having to do the work. Mm -hmm. And outside of the bedroom, if we take totally the bedroom out of context for people who are, I don't want to use the word alpha, but for like people who are decision makers, who are constantly in control, who are constantly in like leadership or, or whatever, just daily life, when you get to take that away in the bedroom. And you don't have to make and- any choices. That's honestly, that is the the mental break. That's the breakdown of the mentality that feeds into the dom subculture. Most doms are people that don't have a lot of power in their everyday lives. And most subs are people that are consistently having power in their everyday lives. And so that's completely independent of whether you have a penis or not. But understanding that again, like they're the workhorse when it comes to sexual expression for the most part. And these, this is an opportunity for them not to have to be. Mm, yes. This has been so informational and a wonderful conversation to have. If the listeners take one thing away from today's conversation, what would you want it to be? I want them to understand that their orgasm is their responsibility. And that's everybody. I don't care what you got between your legs. Your orgasm is your responsibility. And you need to be able to know what your pleasure looks like so you can communicate that to your partner. Mm. Full stop. So if that means taking a class, if that means a Google search, if that means reading a book, if that means having a booking a session with a sex therapist or a sex sexuality coach like myself, if that whatever that means for you to connect to your confidence, to connect to your pleasure with confidence and your what your orgasms and pleasure looks like, it's your responsibility to get that script down so you can communicate it to the people you fucking. Mm, yeah. Gotta practice and learn what yeah. works best for you. Absolutely. Cause everything does not the same for everybody. And I think what happens too is we get these partners. And they come in and they doing they same two step. They have a they have it down. They have a formula because maybe either it works right or because no one's ever told them no. This doesn't work for me. I need you to do this right. If you're connected to your pleasure, you can guide them in a way that's going to help you connect and get to orgasm. So you don't have to be like getting the same formula every time. Because mm-hmm. intimacy is what happens when you're not having sex, and people don't get that. Intimacy is what happens when you're not having sex because it's the connection and the closeness and the proximity and the unspoken language and the vibe and the energy that leads you to be able to guide another person towards your pleasure. You can't do that with everybody. Everybody's not for you. Correct. Where can the listeners find you at? Oh my gosh. So I really try to be easy to find. Uh, My name is Goody and everyone asks me things. So I am Ask Goody on all social media platforms. That's A-S-K-G-O-O-D-Y. The website is askgoody.com. The email is info at askgoody.com. I am on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Pinterest, Venmo, all the places at askgoody. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of your tools and chatting with me today about this. Of course. Now, listen, one of the things I do, you know, I sell t-shirts and sex toys and classes and replays and all of the things. So I wanted to give your listeners a discount code for askgoody.com and the name of the, I love the name of the podcast. Thank you. To be clear. And so I wanted to make the code VVV for 20% off and the 20% off will be for sex toys, goodie gear and workshop replays. It won't be for like live events, like the tour dates and stuff in different cities. It won't apply to that, but it will apply to the pleasure tools the replays and the goodie gear. So hopefully the folks that are listening, they can use code VVV for 20% off. Because like I said, I love doing things like this and I love getting in front of other people's audience that may not have already like known about me and things like that. And I, and I don't take it 
for granted or I take it lightly that people welcome me into that part of their lives and that you've allowed me to be in front of your audience. So I just, as a thank you, I want to make sure that I extended a discount code to your, to your audience. Thank you so much. I will definitely put that in the show notes for everybody. And I can't wait to go see what I can find for myself. This podcast is sponsored by Intimacy Coaching by Jordan Donnell. Have you ever desired more from your sex life or feel like you're having good sex, but curious about how to make it even better? Are you desiring a deeper intimate connection with yourself? Or maybe you are dealing with desire and arousal concerns or struggling with communicating your desires with your partner. If you're hearing this and thinking, hmm, that might be me and you're curious to learn a bit more, let's chat. I would love to talk with you more to see if working with me is a good fit for you. To learn more about intimacy coaching with Jordan Denell, go to coaching.jordandenell.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.